Hey everybody, welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj. As always, you can listen to me on Spotify, Anchor, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, and many more platforms. So definitely keep checking it out. I know it's been a little bit slow as of lately. Obviously, a good hot weather today on this uh, day, August 25th, 2021. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, staying cool, staying hydrated, as always, uh, and living your life. So, in today's episode, I want to get into a couple of things, talk some NFL, you know, get into some other areas of college football um, that definitely deserve some more spotlight and then some. So, I will be getting into that a little bit later. So, to start off today's episode, I want to get into a couple of the NFL things that have been kind of taking place and been kind of popping up as we get closer and closer to the end of the preseason. And the beginning of week one of the NFL in September. So it's going to be great to see how all these rosters kind of shape up and turn out. And then the preparation begins for the start of the season. Which should be really um, engaging and fun. And um, you know a lot to look out for and watch for as the year goes on. So let me start with the LA Rams. And their acquisition of Sony Michelle, the running back from New England. The Rams once again trading some draft picks, late conditional round draft picks to get Sony Michelle from New England. Sony Michelle um, has been a pretty solid player for the Patriots. I think he spent some time last year on the injured reserve list. Um, but Michelle, obviously, Sony Michelle had a big time game actually against the Rams in Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Uh, which he played pretty well. I mean, his numbers for his career, I think he's had about over 2,300 rushing yards, 14 rushing touchdowns. Um, this fills a big need for the Los Angeles Rams as, you know, unfortunately Cam Akers, their running back, out with the Achilles, and then another running back, Daryl Henderson, kind of banged up, have a sprain, I think he has a sprained thumb. So the Rams kind of filling the need here at the running back spot. As we know, that there's a lot of pressure on Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay this year. Uh, the Rams fully have a team that has a look of contending the NFC, and they hope they have an answer now at quarterback with Stafford, trying to maximize this window with him. You know, so no doubt. Although with the running backs they have, I mean Michelle's experienced fairly well, so I think he will be able to fit in and help the Rams in some aspects, but. You know, with the injuries they've had at the running back spot, um, you just look at Matthew Stafford, there'll be a lot of pressure on Matthew Stafford. You have to do a lot more. Um, and I think the running game is really going to be important for the Rams on the road, more so at home. That's in my view. You know, McVay wanted to open up this offense. Uh, Michelle is a pretty good um, running back who can catch pass out of the backfield and make plays happen. So. You expect that the Rams will really find a way to use Tony Michel in those kind of ways where you can get him out in the flat and, you know, have him get those yards after the catch. So it will be interesting to watch how they um, use Michel in the passing game. Um, you know, but you do want to see Matthew Stafford obviously play at a high level and see if he can, you know, live up to Sean McVay's expectations. Uh, with Michelle now and Henderson, the running back, that's not the best rushing attack they have. Um, but let's see if their offensive line can hold up and play fairly well. 
um, because the running game was pretty good last year, and Cam Akers obviously had a lot of production, a lot of key moments. So, you know, whether they drop back a lot this year and fling it, uh, hopefully they are able to keep a balance um, because that will lead to their defense obviously being as as good as it was last year. So, the, watching the running game and how it kind of develops with Michelle and Daryl Henderson under with Stafford this year will be very important and maybe a factor late in the season that, that they may come up um, when they go up against some of the top or NFC opponents in the conference. So now I want to transition to talking about Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars um, and Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne, their uh, running back that they drafted, I believe in the first round or second round, if I remember correctly. Travis Etienne, Travis Etienne unfortunately suffered a lephrasic injury to his foot. So he will miss the entire 2021 season. A big blow for the Los uh, for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. You know Travis Etienne from Clemson, the kind of production that he was putting up, the numbers that he was putting up, uh, really a good back. And just unfortunately in preseason got binged, you know, had that injury. And you look at now what the the Jaguars have at running back. I mean Carlos Hyde is their best option right after Etienne, in my opinion. You know, but it's a big loss because, you know, you know that Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence, we're going to probably utilize him a lot in the passing game as well. And obviously they ranked at the bottom of the league last year in terms of, you know, rushing yards, uh, in terms of like 20 or more rushes and things like that. The Rams running game wasn't really, sorry, I'm saying the Rams running game. The Jacksonville Jaguars running game wasn't at its best when it had to be last year. They had a tough time getting a lot of big plays from their running backs, so... And this puts pressure on Trevor Lawrence. And the question is with Trevor Lawrence now is, you know, should the Jaguars sit Trevor Lawrence? That question kind of came up based on how the Jaguars' offensive line has looked the last couple of weeks in preseason here. Now it's preseason, and yes, can't take too much away from it, but the Jaguars did struggle to protect Trevor Lawrence in some areas. Obviously, he took some hits, um, and obviously he looked fairly good in some of the actions that he did, but... You know, not being able to put up a touchdown or, you know, did kind of, you know, you kind of want to see him be able to put up a touchdown or so, but he wasn't able to do so, you know. So the upside is high with Trevor Lawrence. I think he'll do well in Jacksonville. Um, and the question about him not starting this season, to me, I think that would be a mistake if they, if they don't start him week one. You know, the Jaguars need to give their fan base something to be excited about, okay? And having Trevor Lawrence on the bench isn't going to help that at all. They have to have the best opportunity to win games and be out there. And Trevor Lawrence will give you something better than, than Gardner Minshew, in my opinion. You know, Now, it may be that Trevor Lawrence may struggle and obviously play behind offensive line that definitely has a couple of injuries. Uh, not the best group right now, but depending on how Trevor Lawrence progresses, you want to see him go out there and develop and grow as a quarterback. You know, so... You know, he, he was number one overall pick, and yes, not all number one overall picks start right away. Most of them do. Um, but in this situation, the Jaguars need something for their fan base to be excited about, to be able to put forth a winning product on the field. And I think Trevor Lawrence gives them the best shot to do so. So, you know, he's obviously been hearing a lot about his play so far in preseason. That probably won't bother him as much. You know, I think he'll come out and be pr- fairly good. Uh, it may not be right away, although, because like I said, they have injuries they have to address. You know, DJ Clark not back yet. You know, they have Marvin Jones there who he'll be able to develop a good connection with. 
Um, but definitely with Travis Etienne's injury, they'll be more on Trevor Lawrence's shoulders. And hopefully they'll be able to handle that. I mean, he wants to go out there and improve it. The Jaguars will be smart to, like, stop going back and forth, trying to, try to tell the media that he won't start. Um, they have to get him out there. And I think he'll develop as it goes along the season. You know, him sitting behind Gardner Minshew, I don't think that's a smart thing to do. Now, they want to obviously protect their investment at quarterback here. And you get that. But playing it safe with the Jaguars, they've been doing that quite a bit the last couple of years. Um, and now they have a quarterback that they want to be their franchise quarterback. They want him to take charge of this team. And you got to see how he's going to be able to do. Urban Meyer has to be able to coach him at the NFL level here. And when the real football starts, you want to see him get out there and be able to do some things, provide a boost of confidence to that rest of that roster. That there are a lot of guys on that roster that are fighting for spots next season. Fighting, you want to see growth in this football team, and you got to see Trevor Lawrence be a part of that. And I think he will only grow if he's part of the starting lineup rather than be sitting on the bench. So let's hope that the Jaguars are able to get him out there. Hope he's able to kind of get it going. All the rookie quarterbacks are going to get out there, I think, this year at some point. And the question is, you know, how they will develop and how the coaching will be overall. But for Trevor Lawrence, I think he has to start. And you got to see how he performs with the limited kind of resources he has around him. You want to see how well he can elevate the talent around him and see if he can start to show signs of being that franchise quarterback later this season. So in this segment, I want to take a little break from talking NFL stuff and kind of dive into some of the uh, top um, HBCU prospects coming up this season. As you know, college football going to be you know going to start up soon, and you know some of the other schools, the lower Division One schools, the FCS schools. Um, will be kind of starting their games up soon and there's not a lot of HBCU uh, talent that has come into the NFL um, you know so obviously that's continuing to get more and more spotlight and attention as it should and so I just want to talk about some of the prospects um, um, some top players to really watch out for as you know we've seen now some of the smaller schools in college football you know, top division one or, you know, second division, third division ones, you know, a lot of players are also making it into the, into the NFL. Uh, maybe not as like those top stars, but definitely guys who can contribute and make it happen. So uh, some of the prospects that will be taking, you know, having the season this year, some obviously had to opt out last year to, to the pandemic and just, uh, the, you know, handing the whole virus and everything. So, now, now it's more of these players kind of coming back and getting used to the environment once again. So one of the top prospects or players to watch um, in the HBCU uh, this year um, is quarterback Felix Harper, who plays for Alcorn State. Um, Felix Harper, decent quarterback. Um, has been a two-year starter with the university. Had a big 2019 season in which he really showed his 
ability to connect on deep passes, uh, his power ability as a runner. I was really able to put some impressive performances together in 2019, um, kind of carrying his team uh, to a uh, one of the bowls, to a bowl game, the Celebration Bowl, uh, where he threw for three touchdowns in that game, uh, and he also scored, I think, a couple of as well. So, you know, in terms of his, um, you know, his play style, he definitely, you know, has a look of a quarterback who could probably uh, make it to the NFL, um, maybe as a second-round, third-round pick. Uh, but the sky's the limit for him. You know, he obviously he's playing in, in a division in a conference, which obviously, as of right now, you know, isn't as top as the other ones we've seen. You know, you know, in college football. But then again, they are pretty significant, and the kind of success he's had there so far really speaks for itself. Um, you know. The whole thing, although with him, is that he just hasn't gone up against really complex defenses. So, you know, it does struggle, it seems, um, in terms of pre-snap, you know, blitzes and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, he's got good experience. Um, he's going to be playing out. He's going to be a, a big player to watch this year um, to see how he performs after having that great season. And then, obviously, um, the team electing not to have have a you know season this, this spring. You know, so now we'll kind of see... How can you kind of pick up where he left off in terms of his, his production and whether or not he can kind of improve his stock heading into uh, the NFL draft, the 2020 NFL draft next year? Another quarterback, um, another top HBCU quarterback prospect is quarterback Akil Gates, or Glass, sorry, Akil Glass. Akil Glass, uh, who plays for Alabama AM, if I'm getting that right. Uh, threw for over a thousand yards last season, ten touchdowns. Sorry, sixteen touchdowns. Um, you know, a finalist for Walter Payton Man of the Year award. Uh, definitely has progressed really well uh, with Alabama A&M in terms of his ability to lead this team to their first championship this spring season, I believe. The SWAC conference for 15 years. Um, Good arm strength, really good decision making based on some of the things that I'm seeing here. Overall, uh, he's got the potential to be a really good quarterback, uh, maybe in the draft next year. Uh, I won't say top prospect yet, but uh, just in terms of what he's been able to do at Alabama and with that offense, with the running back that he plays with, um, and their whole style, I mean, he could be a really good um, good quarterback maybe. you know, at the pro level, uh, just because he has all the um, attributes of being that, just in terms of what he's able to kind of, you know, have you know, less turnovers and, you know, playing pretty good uh, in a lot of games and a lot of series back to back. Then you have Jawan Carter, Norfolk State. Uh, in 2019, he led the MEAC conference in passing yards, 23 touchdowns, almost 60%. There's a completion percentage, you know, he's had a lot of success with his play style. Um, you know, six, uh, you know, six feet. Uh, he's got the size to be a quarterback, and Norfolk State definitely um, was a really one of the best offenses um, in 2019. So he's coming back also from opting out last year. Uh, so I like his potential. I think he could be a, a good quarterback. You just, you just kind of want to see. 
you know, these, these quarterbacks can really find themselves in, in a position to make it to the NFL. I think they will. Um, and it just depends on, you know, obviously if they transfer or they go into different situations, how they can progress. But, you know, Trey Lance, you know, Zach Wilson, just to give a kind of a context on this, I mean, both of these quarterbacks, um, like, so you have Zach Wilson who came from BYU and you have Trey Lance who came from, I believe, North Dakota State, you know, so there are quarterbacks um, outside of the common, like, LSU, Alabama, USC, Ohio State group that there are quarterbacks, small quarterbacks that can make that leap to the NFL, that can progress into the NFL, um, so these three quarterbacks, you know, there's a chance that if, if all three of them are able to kind of finish and have a strong season this year, it puts us in a better spot to be day two, day three draft picks. And you never know if one of these guys could maybe even get a chance to be on NFL roster, you know. So it's all about getting in, but their production and their abilities in 2019 were pretty outstanding. And I just want to see if they can kind of follow it up now with a traditional season coming up this year and I think they can they definitely can uh, then again it comes down to coaching it comes down to opportunity and how do they kind of go about you know because some of these quarterbacks we see it you know at the HBC level some may stay as a quarterback maybe some may convert to a wide receiver different position so that's a possibility but all of these three quarterbacks now a couple of um, other players that I'm looking forward to seeing or to really watch um, the HBCU this year. One, I have, uh, here I have D'Angelo Durham. D'Angelo Durham, running back out of Savannah State, um, had a great 2019. I mean, he rushed over 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns. Um, he's got the kind of frame to be a really good running back. Um, and we know that a lot of teams will continue to draft running backs even in the later rounds of drafts. Um, just because there's a, there's a need for it. Um, so I think uh, he's a name to watch out for as he's had some really good success so far with uh, Savannah State. Um, you know, the offense was pretty good. Uh, there's a rushing attack with him. I think that they'll be the same way this year as well. He's a name to watch out for as one of those running backs. Um, you know, maybe a late first round pick, second round pick. Then, in terms of a, a, a defensive player that will definitely be looking, I'm looking forward to watch and should be watching this year because of HBCU talent um, in 2021 is Jordan Lewis out of Southern University. Jordan Lewis, uh, defensive end, linebacker. Uh, I think he won the 2020 Buck Buchanan Award, which is obviously awarded to the best defensive player in terms of stats and um, production. He really was one of the best players in the Southern University Conference last year. Uh, I think he won Defensive Player of the Year as well. You know, about 127 tackles, making a lot of plays, and he's, you know, with his size and his ability to um, get after the quarterback, that able to get, in the, you, know, you know, help in his running game. Uh, he had a pretty good season last year. Has been consistent, I would say, a lot. Uh, with Southern University uh, playing obviously a defensive end and linebacker and so he's a name definitely that may get some more traction uh, later on 
um, as the season progresses and gets going, he may be a name that comes up a lot. Um, could, could maybe make an impact in the NFL. Maybe and get drafted maybe in the second, third round, or even first round potentially. You never know. Uh, but he's got some really good, um, uh, you know, numbers to back it up. And uh, the eye test definitely, he's someone who, with his size, um, can definitely. Uh, make some plays uh, in the secondary and, and, and in terms of opposing offenses last year I think he had a, a really good ratio in terms of being able to get after the quarterback prevent big plays I think he can be a good talent because it's the NFL So in this next segment, I want to transition back to the NFL and talk about a couple of things. Uh, talk about a couple of key storylines and questions that definitely will come up for some teams this year uh, for the 2021 NFL season. Now, before I get into that, I do want to say uh, the Jaguars finally made it absolutely clear that Trevor Lawrence is their quarterback starting out. Um, everybody knew that was going to happen. Um, you know, and Urban Meyer definitely had to go with that. Obviously, people kind of gave him a little bit of flack of like, why did he take so much time to uh, decide and, and name Trevor Lawrence quarterback, you know, starting quarterback. Obviously, Urban Meyer just wanted to see him kind of compete, go through those little, uh, you know, competition kind of feel for for the quarterback spot. Um, but definitely now with Trevor Lawrence being named the week one starter, you know, the whole thing about, like I said earlier, um, about the whole idea that kind of floating around of him not starting because of this offensive line and and how things were kind of going the last couple you know weeks in preseason. Uh, you saw him, you know, obviously get more confidence um, from Ramire from his coaches. So in terms of the fan base, they have to be excited about this. Jaguar fans, be happy, um, you know. You, just, you were hoping that Urban Meyer would actually handle something right for once. Uh, and he kind of did it with this one. Uh, he had to, obviously. So let's see now if Urban Meyer can continue to make good decisions uh, when the games get going, um, we, you know, and start the season. And then you have uh, Teddy Bridgewater being named the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Uh, I'm a little bit surprised by this. Um, but considering how Teddy Bridgewater looked in that second preseason game compared to Drew Locke, it uh, looks like, you know, just the experience uh, of obviously playing and kind of going through those uh, situations, they felt like going with Teddy Bridgewater. And Bridgewater is going to give the Broncos probably a good shot early on to win some games, you know. I mean, they might be uh, competitive, but Bridgewater has obviously a lot to prove. Because um, we know how he kind of looked last year in Carolina. You know, he felt like he wasn't given the proper time to develop and do those kind of things. So, you know, Bridgewater has been a good quarterback. Not great. Not, you know, super, like, awesome or anything like that. He's been right in the middle of the pack. You know, obviously after whatever. You know, in Minnesota he started off great. Then he had a hell injury. Uh, and the thing just kind of, you know, from there kind of went up and down for him. So you just hope that he's found a place in Denver. The Broncos hope that he's going to be their quarterback for the long term this season. Um, but he's going to have to really go out there and prove it and earn it. 
And if he doesn't get it going in the first, first couple of weeks, definitely expect the Broncos to change back and go back to Drew Locke. Um, you know, but Drew Locke, uh, he's got to be, in this moment for him, I mean, he's got to be ready to just kind of like, be ready to like, you know, start when, whenever the Broncos call his name. He's got to be ready to, and see if he can kind of take the experience of being on the bench again um, and find a way to kind of get his career back going in the right direction. You know, obviously he didn't show enough to the Broncos to be the starting quarterback for week one, you know, but in the event that Bridgewater isn't getting it done, then he needs to be ready to get it going. Um, you know, later this season, the Broncos are in the middle of trying to push for a playoff spot or at least trying to contend in the AFC West. So now that brings me to two things that I want to talk about. Um, as there are a couple of teams that obviously were in the postseason last year. Uh, one team obviously won the Super Bowl in dominating fashion, and the other team um, had a pretty good season. Um, didn't last as long as they hoped they would, uh, would because they went up against the team that won the Super Bowl. And the two teams that I'm referring to would be the Washington football team and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So let me start with the Washington football team and the question uh, that really is a key storyline for, the, for them this season. That would be, is Ryan Fitzpatrick the answer for them making a deep run in the postseason? Washington so far throughout this whole offseason uh, leading up to now you know they've been making moves to you know fortify their defense get their offense a little bit of a boost and Ron Rivera obviously had a great first year we saw we saw a lot of the great things that the Washington football team has done in terms of kind of re uh, you know re-energizing their fan base a little bit trying to put on a good image after all the things that were coming out about the culture and that they're still working through those things but you're seeing an improvement in this football team um you saw it last year now they won obviously in a division that people have regarded as one of the worst divisions in football probably a strong uh, take by a lot of you know analysts out there about the nfc east being the worst division in football now things have obviously changed a lot um, just in terms of how within the division you've seen a lot of improvements. And so the Washington football team is trying to see if they can get back to a point where they can contend for a playoff spot, um, you know, be right there amongst the NFC elite. And that takes time and that takes the be patience. Now, I can't say that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be the answer for a, a deep playoff run for the Washington football team this year. I don't have the Washington football team getting back to the point where they will be in the postseason. They may be close to it, but I think they will get edged out. Um, I think they'll, think they'll get edged out, in my opinion. They'll get edged out um, by Dallas and maybe the Giants. I'm hoping that's the case. Um... But you just look at what they have. I mean, Fitzpatrick has played for almost every franchise or close to it. You know, I think about maybe nine teams he's played for, nine or ten teams he's played for. I mean, he's energetic, he's smart, he's experienced. He can win you a lot of football games and he can also cost you a lot of football games. 
Fitzpatrick has that ability to obviously push the position to win games. Um, you know, obviously with the Miami Dolphins last year, Ryan Fitzpatrick um, was able to play fairly well. Um, obviously, he was not happy when he got, you know, replaced by Tua after the bye week. And then he did come. He did come in um, and did provide a boost when you know Tua was having some str- struggles. So, you know, Washington, compared to what they have last season, they obviously went with, you know, they had Tyler Heineke, Alex Smith, you know, so they were not able to, you know, as an offense, put up a whole lot of points or beat to that point where in that wild card game against the Bay Buccaneers, they weren't able to get, you know, that kind of offense that they needed to beat. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but their defense wasn't also as strong. Now that they've have William Jackson there, who they added in free agency. Look at the offense; they've added Curtis Samuel. So they're hoping with a couple of additions on both sides of the ball that they can be a little bit better as a group. Um, but in terms of com- contending for a deep playoff spot this year, um, I don't see it because I think that in the NFC uh, they're going to go up against. Teams that are definitely much better um, have some more depth in them in terms of some positions. You know, I think that Dallas, obviously, with getting Prescott back, that'll be a, a huge thing. Look at the Green Bay Packers; they have Aaron Rodgers. The Seattle Seahawks are better. Um, you know, so my whole thing is that Washington seems to be all in right now, right? They're trying to make. A, they're trying to see if they can. Uh, be able to find themselves in the spot where they can, they can ride this defense that had a lot of success last year in terms of pressuring the quarterback and and being one of the best down the stretch. They can see that can, they turn it into a deep playoff run. I don't see them doing that because I think that in terms of offenses, I think this Washington football team defense is going to be more challenged this year. They're going to have, I think, a much tougher schedule this year. Uh, it's going to be a longer season. And I think that some of their pass rushing, I think Chase Young, as good as he was in year one, I mean, defensive offensive coordinators have had a lot more time to kind of study this Washington football team defense. You know, I think that you'll see a lot of teams go at the secondary a lot more. And Fitzpatrick, um, you know, my personal feeling on the Washington football team is that an offense, I thought they should have drafted a quarterback, but they should have went after a younger quarterback, maybe Sam Darnold, maybe. Um, so they do have Tyler Heineke as their backup, which you know he's obviously very familiar with the system. Um, but in terms of can Fitzpatrick be the guy to lead you to a deep playoff run? I um, mean, it would be a good story, but I think that there's just too many teams in the NFC. That'll be battling for playoff spots. And I don't see Washington being able to win the division again this year. I don't see it happening. I think that they will be right there to, uh, at the end to compete for it. But I don't see Fitzpatrick being able to light it up to the point where they can get past a wild card game. And they can probably be, make an appearance in a wild card game. <laughs> I, mean, I can see that happening. Uh, but I don't see them being able to like get to a divisional round or to a, a conference championship appearance. I think they still have a lot more pieces to address on this offensive line. Especially their running game is a question mark to me. And I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick, as good as he is, he is getting up there in age. Uh, I think that there's some things that 
he won't be able to do as well as he did um, with the Miami Dolphins. I think that he'll definitely put them in, in a lot of spots to win games, but I don't see that, that defense being able to dominate the way they were down the stretch of the season last year. And now that brings me to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The whole question about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year, everybody's keen in on a key storyline is, can the Buccaneers repeat as Super Bowl champions? Now, looking at the Buccaneers, they pretty much brought back everybody they had last year on offense and on defense. Uh, Tom Brady has already proven he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Obviously, the most Super Bowls played, most won. We know all those accolades already. Um, to be honest, it's very hard in NFL history to repeat as Super Bowl champions. It's been done a couple of times. And I've seen, you've seen teams kind of win it in a span of three to four years. Uh, three out of four years. Like That's what the Patriots did back then in the early 2000s. Um, Repeating as Super Bowl champions is tough, you know. Obviously, first making it to back to back, you know, and if you change against appearances is hard enough. We look at the Buccaneers. Bruce Arians finally has the Super Bowl ring, so he's kind of got that weight off his shoulders now. You look at Brady. You know, he still wants to keep on playing. Um, he is kind of dealing with that knee that he got surgery on earlier this off season. You know, you have an offense that obviously there's more chemistry this year than it was last year. The Bucks didn't play their best football until late last year. This year, I think it'll be a different case because, you know, obviously Brady with more time around Arians and Antonio Brown. Um, you know, Mike Evans, you got O.J. Howard maybe coming back as well. Uh, Gronk, I believe, will be out there again. So... And they also have their running backs, which they hope to even get more out of this year. So they got a lot going right for them in terms of what they have on their roster. They will be the favorites to win the NFC early on. Uh, so their defense, we saw great play from Devin White and Levante David. It was that secondary this past year. So you look at what will be different about this year. You have teams like the Rams and the Packers who obviously will be looking to uh, continue having their success and be able to challenge. Uh, even Dallas will be in the mix. I'm sure there will be some other sleeper teams that may emerge um, you know, to challenge the Buccaneers. If I had to make a decision right now, or make a, make a decision right now on whether the Bucks will repeat as champions, I'm going to say no. Um, and I'm going to be objective on this, not because of the way that they obviously shocked everybody, well, especially like a lot of people last year, how they played in the Super Bowl. But I don't see them repeating as champions. One, because I think that the 17-game season, I think the only thing that's going to really affect them a lot I think is just being able to stay healthy and consistent you know that defense as good as it was last year you know like I said earlier you're going to have a lot more teams that have improved will be looking to challenge that secondary Todd Bowles is a great defensive coordinator um, but you know 
can he do it for another year? Can this Bucks defense kind of maintain what they did last year? You know, that is the question. Within the division, they're going to be the favorites. They're going to win the division pretty easily. Um, but I think that just in terms of consistency and health, that is the only two things that can really come in the, come in the way them repeating. But also look at the AFC. The AFC, you're going to see a lot of improvements from the Cleveland Browns, the Kansas City Chiefs, um, the Baltimore Ravens. So I think that early on the Bucks will win a lot of games, will be the favorites. But I can't see them being able to win back-to-back titles. Um, I think that at some point they're going to have their. They're going to meet meet obviously some formidable. They're going to face some good teams this year, obviously, no doubt. And as good as Brady is and Bruce Arians is, um, you know, going through that, you know, going through a long season where everyone's kind of running, uh, kind of running for you or you know, coming after you. You're the target, you know, kind of. You won the home Super Bowl and everything. Coming back now, looking to repeat. You know, I think a lot of teams are going to play with a lot of chips on their shoulders, a lot of edges on their shoulders. I think a lot of players will be motivated going up against Tom Brady, as they always are. Um, and I just think that at some point, you know, the Buccaneers are going to going to find themselves in a situation where they're going to need their defense, maybe to make a couple of plays to win games. Um, Brady is obviously defying age. Nobody, everybody knows that, um, but. But this season, with a lot of teams improving across the board, you know, I just think at some point, some other team in the NFC is going to break through. And that might be the Packers. Okay. That might be the Cowboys. You know, it may be a a whole bunch of teams. Maybe the Bears, you never know. Um, I just see a lot of teams being able to be better. Uh, I think the Rams are going to be one of those teams, along with the Seattle Seahawks, really trying to play and be great this season. And so I just think that the improved level of competition in the NFC is going to prevent the Bucks from repeating. You know, obviously a lot of a lot of players around the NFL probably won't admit it, but like everyone's really sick and tired of seeing Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's just just the fact. And as good as he is, um, you know, comes a point in time where some teams are just going to be able to step up and be able to kind of catch him off guard. And I think that even with home field advantage, they have that this year. They're, they're able to get home field advantage this year. You know, that would be, it would be nearly impossible for them to probably lose at home. So you just hope that the Packers, um, you know, the Rams, the Seahawks are, are teams that try to get that n- number one seed because obviously with the bye weekend and all that is a huge, huge thing. Um, so, repeating as Super Bowl champions, I'm going to say the chances are low for that. I had to put a number on it. You know, I think that's 50-50 right now. But I don't see them repeating as champions because I think that Throughout this season, I think there can be a lot of things that they'll, they'll be really tested a lot more on. I think that their running game isn't as the running game was obviously good towards the end of last year, but if it's not good early on, 
if it's all on Brady making throws and stuff like that, I think a lot more defensive backs, a lot more defensive coordinators are going to really come after and try to limit this offense the best they can. And we may see a lot of points put up this year by teams. So I think that that will also be a reason why I think that the Bucks will find themselves in a lot more games in which obviously if they have Brady on their side uh, under, under two minutes they'll be able to put together a drive but the other way around maybe a team might beat even the best efforts of Tom Brady this year I, th- I could fully see that happening and I just want to see you just, just kind of want to see something change in the NFC a little bit you know um, obviously last year a lot of teams had expectations the Bucks were obviously losing games and they kind of got hot at the right time and so I think that there'll be a team maybe that will get hot at the right time uh, in the NFC and maybe they'll be able to carry that momentum and, may- and maybe give the Bucks a challenge this time um, in the postseason maybe the Packers will come back with a the, with the vengeance maybe and beat the Buccaneers so It'll be fun to see how it all shakes out, but, um, you know, it will be obviously a key storyline this season to see if they can get, they can pull it off or not, getting back to the Super Bowl.